Kapuna Wiki was previously recorded. Welcome to Kapuna Wiki, Hawaii's senior resource, the radio show that helps you find answers on important topics like finances, senior housing, estate planning, real estate, health, and much more. Now, let's join Kapuna Wiki hosts, Brandon Lau and Andrew Leon. Aloha and welcome to the Kapuna Wiki radio show. This month, we are talking about estate planning, and in studio, we have Sam Suen from the law office of Samuel K.L. Suen. Kapuna Wiki is Hawaii's senior resource. We talk to the best local professionals in the state regarding topics such as real estate, senior housing, estate planning, finance, and health, so our Kapuna families can find the best resources in the midst of a life transition. We strive to make sure our seniors are informed and supported every step of the way. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Brandon Lau. And I'm Andrew Leong. Your host for the Kapuna Wiki Radio Show. If you miss any of our shows on air, the Kapuna Wiki Radio Show is available as a podcast and can be found on Spotify, Apple, and Podbean for your listening pleasure. Our title sponsor for today is Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors, providing you with the best real estate information so you can make the most informed decisions. As they like to say, real estate is about choice. To contact them, call 808-753-9033. And now we have our Real Estate Tip of the Week brought to you by Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors. Anyone who owns a condo or townhome should be aware that their personal possessions, personal liability, and upgrades to the unit may not be covered under the condominium master insurance policy, and therefore, they will need to take out their own condominium unit owner's policy. It is important to understand the cost of the condominium unit owner's policy and what the coverage includes. For more information on insurance for your property, uh, contact Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors at 808 7539033. Again, today we have the pleasure of speaking with Sam Suen. He is a practitioner and owner of the law office of Samuel K.L. Suen. Welcome back, Sam. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, um, things have uh, gotten a little rocky with our economy and the financial outlook of uh, where things are headed with our country, but uh, doesn't stop people from wanting to, to plan on and how to do things well within their estates. Are you still pretty busy? Yep, still yeah. fairly busy, yes. <laughs> now, I, today I wanted to talk about a topic that has to do with um, what happens when somebody finds themselves without an estate plan and they need to talk with a professional like yourself to kind of get them out of trouble. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's happened in cases where people perhaps uh, they don't have a trust or maybe their assets weren't put into the trust before they passed, and so you have probate issues, and you have other situations where they don't have a family member to help as a power of attorney, mm-hmm. you know, or to administrate the healthcare directive, right? Right. So, Sam, I'm sure you find yourself um, uh, facing a lot of these situations. Yeah. Um, so, I think when someone is in a situation where um, they haven't done their estate plan or estate planning, um, so no trust, no power of attorney, no advanced health care directive, um, and they're in a situation where they become incapacitated. So maybe they're suffering from you know, dementia, um, they got into an accident or something, and they can't manage their own affairs anymore. And if they don't have at least a power of attorney and an advanced health care directive, then no one is authorized to act on their behalf. Right. Um, so the only way to rectify that is essentially to go to court to get a conservatorship and or a guardianship. 
Um, conservatorship is basically a guardian of the property. Mm-hmm. And then a guardian is uh, basically a person who's authorized to make decisions on behalf of a person's, you know, uh, health care and mm-hmm. uh, like living arrangements, stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, given your um, your current um, cases that you're dealing with, uh, are these situations happening pretty frequently? Um, I wouldn't say more frequently than usual, um, but they do come by um, on a fairly regular basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another possible situation where conservatorship is needed, and it's more. This is more of. Um, maybe a lack of understanding of, um, I guess, how to do it or how to do your estate plan properly or or rather, I guess, the, a lack of understanding of the legal ramifications of naming a minor as a beneficiary of life insurance policy or a bank account. So minors cannot own property. And so if you name a minor child as a beneficiary of a life insurance policy or a bank account, um, the company will ask that uh, conservator, basically the guardian of the property, be appointed for the minor child. They're not going to pay out. They're basically not going to give the money to the minor child. So they'll say, hey, you know, I'm sorry, you need to go to court to get a conservatorship appointed or, or conservator appointed for the minor child. We will then give the money to the conservator who will then manage those assets until the child reaches 18. And then at that point, then we, we hand, you know, basically you can hand the property over to the right to, to, to the now adult. And I'm sure in a lot of situations the parents don't tell their kids, hey, I'm gonna leave you X amount when I pass. Right. <laughs> so they're right. not aware of what's happening and and obviously they can't, you know, take the property or the money like you're saying. Yep. So there needs to be a conservatorship yep. involved. Yep. Right. So I mean that, that's like a costly mistake because right. you know, you have to hire an attorney to to file a petition for a conservator. Mm-hmm. Um and you know that could cost thousands of dollars to do. Right. Um, so it's it's a pretty costly mistake that that people may not be aware of. So, right. You know, if you are thinking of naming a minor, you know, child as a beneficiary, um, you can do so through a trust. Right. Or, um, you know, you can also use uh, or name a custodian for the minor child under the Hawaii Uniform Transfers to Minor Act. Um, that's another way that you can can kind of avoid a conservatorship for a minor. Now, as a custodian, just somebody who's there for a temporary period of time until yep. they become of age. Yes, basically. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's a it's like a cost effective way um, to avoid a conservatorship. Got it. Yeah. And guardianships, uh, like you're saying, they involve a lot more, right? Uh, they're Acting on behalf of uh, the personal care of an individual, not their property and assets. So, mm-hmm. like you're saying, um, if there's a, an advance, if there is no advanced health care directive, then that's where guardianship would be involved. Yes, yes. Right. So, guardian is of the person, um, and yeah. So, so there is no there there is no one who is willing to. Um, you know, serve under the advanced health care directive, or there, or there is no advanced health care directive. Right. Then we're looking at a, a guardianship uh, okay. appointment. Right. You know? Have you been any in any situations lately where you've gotten appointed, or you've had to deal with these situations? Um, yeah, I mean, they they actually come by on a on a regular basis. Right. You know, um, 
you know, minor minor child being named as a as a beneficiary of, of some sort of financial asset. Um, have um, adults who are incapacitated um, and they didn't do their estate planning. Um, so, or if, they, if even if they did do their estate planning, maybe the agents have become incapacitated themselves or passed away, or they they just don't want to deal with it. Right. So, so there is no one. Mm-hmm. Even you know, even if they did do the power of attorney or advanced health care directive, so you know, now we are looking at somebody else stepping in, or we're looking at for for guardianships, we're looking at office of, office of public guardian, mm-hmm. which is basically the state kind of taking over the management, you know, basically serving as the person's like healthcare agent, mm-hmm. you know, making decisions for them. That just doesn't sound like a good situation to me. <laughs> no, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you kind of want to avoid that. But at the same time, sometimes it's unavoidable. You know, sometimes you know the people don't. You know, their, their spouse passed away, or they've you know become estranged from their children, or they maybe don't have kids. So there's just, I mean, it, it happens a lot where you know there there's an elderly person who's alone, and there's no one there to kind of step in for them. Mm-hmm. Now, let's, let's take that scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, an elderly person is, is alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one is there to help or step in or advocate mm-hmm. on their behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who do you then have them turn to in those situations to help? You know? Well, that, that, that's tough yeah. um, because, you know, sometimes the elderly person may not be aware of their limitations. They may mm. think that they're doing completely fine right? Um, and nothing is amiss. Um, so sometimes it's, it's actually on, you know, neighbors, it's on friends um, to kind of take note that, hey, this person doesn't seem to be doing so well um, and to alert, you know, someone. So, you know, they could call Adult Protective Services. Mm-hmm. Um, and that um, is a state agency who, you know, that that investigates self, uh, uh, like basically self neglect or financial abuse or psychological abuse um, of elderly individuals or, or adults, I guess. Um, and so they would come in and kind of assess the situation. And if and if they feel like a guardian is needed and there's no one else who is willing to step into the plate, then they're the ones who are petitioning for the appointment of a guardian, and usually right. it's Office of Public Guardian coming in. Okay. Um, so are there it's, yeah. any other agencies that somebody could be directed to, um, to to have a guardianship or conservatorship? Well, so the so the statute for so the guardianship statute says that any person who is, has an interest in the person's welfare. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty broad. I mean, you could be a neighbor, you know. And maybe you're friendly with this person, and you notice that they're not doing well. So you could petition Mm -hmm. for the appointment of a guardian. Now, you may not be nominating yourself, but you could start the process if you if you wanted to. So you don't necessarily have to wait for adult adult protective services to come in. Mm. Um, Where it is difficult sometimes is that you need a doctor's letter to attest to the person's incapacity. So. That's kind of where it's hard is if you take that upon yourself to initiate the guardianship, it's like, well, how do I get this person to a doctor to get assessed and get the doctor's letter so that, you know, you have the evidence to present to the judge? Um, APS will work with doctors, or rather they work with certain doctors who can go visit, 
you know, the individual and make the assessment there and draft, you know, draft the letter. Okay. So it isn't, you know, it, it, it isn't as simple as, oh, I want to help this person. Like, there are certain requirements requirements that need to be met. Right. So, right. Um, yeah. No. But I have had situations where I've been, I've been approached by neighbors, you know, of an elderly person who, who are concerned, and they're trying to be good Samaritans and help out. And, you know, it's it's difficult. Right. You know, it's challenging. Um, yeah. yeah. We're talking with Sam Suin from the law office of Samuel Kale Suin. And we're talking about uh, when you find yourself in a situation without an estate plan. And uh, we're just going through some scenarios of how you can get yourself out of these difficult situations. Well, when we come back after a commercial break, Sam, maybe we can talk a little bit more about probate and how you help people out of probate uh, if they don't have a trust or they find they didn't put their assets in a trust. We'll talk about that right after this commercial break. We'll be back with more Kupuna Wiki right after this. Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors assists clients in buying and selling their homes by striving to create an easy and seamless transition. With multiple awards spanning most transactions of the year, client service award, and being in the top 100 realtors, Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors wants to provide you with excellent service and care when making a major life decision. Over the years, their agents have greatly enjoyed serving each and every one of their clients as if they were family. Whether you're a first-time homeowner or a senior, they understand the challenges and complexities of the real estate process and want to help you every step of the way. Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors wants to provide you with the most information so you can make the best decision. Because as they like to say, real estate is about choice. Contact Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors today for a free in-person property valuation by calling 753-9033 or email them client service at choicehi.com. Welcome back to Kupuna Wiki on AM 690, The Answer. Welcome back. If you just joined us, uh, we're speaking with Sam Suin with the law office of Samuel K.L. Suin. And uh, we're talking about estate planning and in, in particular, again, uh, you know, those that have not planned uh, property. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, some great great segment on conservatorship guardianship in the first segment uh where you know you know you some, someone that doesn't have an estate plan now let's let's kind of go a little bit further uh on that topic now uh for those that actually don't have uh and happen to pass away um you know their assets uh goes into probate mm-hmm. now, uh for the for our listeners that don't know what probate is can you just briefly explain what that is sure so probate is just a legal process by which a decedent's estate is uh, administered. So there's going to be the appointment of a personal representative, also known as the executor, that is appointed by the court or the registrar. Mm-hmm. Um, and that person would have the authority to basically handle whatever needs to be done with the estate. So they're, they're essentially stepping into the shoes of the decedent. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they're doing is they're, you know, filing taxes, they're, you know, um, paying debts, um, medical bills, funeral expenses, you know, all, all those stuff that, that, that are associated with, um, I guess, the, the estate. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're making distributions um, according either to Hawaii law. So if a person passes away without a will, then, which, which is called intestate, then the 
person's estate will be distributed according to Hawaii law. So Hawaii law already has a district, like a default distribution scheme, and that basically the distribution scheme is based on your, or rather the family, or sorry, rather the decedent's family situation. So were they married when they passed away? Did they have kids? Did they have kids from other marriages or relationships? Um, are their parents still alive? Did they have siblings? Like all those are can be factors in how. Um, uh, a person's or decedent's estate is distributed under Hawaii law. Um, if they had a will, then um, the person representative would then distribute the remaining assets according to that person's will. So it's essentially what probate is. And and so for those um, that you know perhaps you know a conversation was had when that when that person was alive and said, hey, you know, if if I if I if I die, you know. The the my, the house gets split amongst the siblings or or you know whatever that may be, mm-hmm. but there wasn't an actual instrument to to uh, instruct that. Um, so during the pro- probate process, I mean, say perhaps one child then says, "Hey, you know, I took care of mom and dad, you know, more than you guys. I deserve a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what happens then?" Yeah, there is no um, there's no equity there. It's not like you get more. If uh, if you took care of mom or dad, the law is a law. Mm-hmm. The, the judge, I mean, you can make the argument in court, but I'm fairly certain the judge is just going to be like, "I'm sorry, but the law says equally amongst the kids." You know, that's the that's the distribution, or or whatever the law says. You know, based on the decedent's family situation. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there is no uh, credit for <laughs> taking care of or doing certain things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? and and another. Uh, uh, topic about this is again say say someone does have a trust but you know forgot to put that asset into it so you're saying that that asset will go through probate as well potentially yeah depending on what the asset is so um, there are times when um, you know a person forgets to put um, certain accounts into the trust mm-hmm. and in, if the aggregate of the accounts that are left in the person's individual name, not jointly held, no beneficiary designation, so just kind of sitting there. If it's more than $100,000, then it is subject to probate. Um, if it's under 100000 then you can do something called an, called an affidavit for collection of personal property, which is a, which is also known as a small estate affidavit. Um, and that's kind of like a alternative to probate, but it's only available for if the estate is under $100,000. If it's on, if it's over a hundred thousand, then there's no, there's no alternative. You, you have to go through probate. Mm-hmm. Um, the other scenario is if somebody forgets to put property into their trust, mm-hmm. then subject to probate. So you could do your trust. You could, you know, go through the steps of doing that and not, and not basically fund your trust with assets. And still be subject to, I mean, still have to go through the probate process because there are assets out there that. Are subject to probate, so it's important that people, you know, after they do their estate plan, because the attorney will usually take care of property. So they'll do the deed, they'll record it, but the attorney can't go to a financial institution and say, "Hey, like, please change the title to my client's account to the trust." Like, you have to go and do that yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, if you don't take that extra step, then you know you're kind of potentially leaving, leaving yourself open, or rather, your estate open to to probate. Yeah. And and just how long is that probate period these days? 
Uh, it depends on uh, a variety of factors. So it depends on the composition of the estate, like what is comprised. Is it you know complex assets like family partnerships? Is it uh, real property, um, just straight financial accounts? Um, it depends on how quickly the personal representative acts. Like are they on it? You know, or are they you know are they motivated to to administer the estate, or are they just kind of taking their time? Um, is there real property involved? Is it is the property being sold from the estate? Um, if it is, then there are certain you know hoops you have to jump through um, for selling selling a property from an estate. Um, not sure if you had to deal with that before, um, but um, if you sell a property from an estate, then all of the heirs or beneficiaries um, need to consent to the sales price. Mm. If they don't, then um, you're looking at a court confirmation. So the court has to review the sale and then say yes or no to it, which could take you know a month at the earliest. You know if you're if you're going to request for an expedited hearing, um, it'll take maybe a month or so. If you're not going to request it, it's going to take like two or three months to get a hearing. So. Um, you know, to answer your question, it just it just depends on what needs to be done. So it could take, you know, a few months. It could take years. Now, is there such thing as a short form probate, um, where you don't have to go through the maybe the court hearing process? Mm -hmm. but yes, yes. So that's called that that's known as the informal probate process. So in Hawaii, there are two ways you can do probate. So the first way is the cheaper faster way. It's called informal probate. And there is no hearing in front of a judge. Basically, what you're doing is you are filing an application um, that is reviewed by the registrar. The registrar then makes determination based on what is alleged in the, in the application. And based on those allegations, the registrar then says, okay, yes, you meet the requirements for appointment of personal representative through the informal probate process. Or registrar will say, nope, you don't meet the requirements. We're going to decline your application, and you can seek the appointment through the formal probate process. The formal probate process is basically filing a petition with the judge or with the court, and you will have a hearing before a judge um, to make the appointment of a personal representative. So, the informal probate process is only available in certain situations, um, and if you don't meet those requirements, then the only other option is to go formal. Um, and there are, you know, you have to wait, you know, maybe two or three months to, to, to get a hearing date. Um, right now, though, the, 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 the registrar is very good in terms of turnaround time, mm -hmm. and you could get appointed within, you know, one to two weeks. Uh, so it's not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. But are there certain scenarios where an informal probate is definitely possible? Like your most likely scenarios for an informal type probate? Yeah. So most likely scenarios are be uh, would be um, serving spouse. So the you know um, uh, the decedent has a surviving spouse. Um, surviving spouse does have priority to serve, mm -hmm. um, and that's clear cut. You know. Um, um, uh, informal probate. Mm -hmm. um, uh, children, depending on if um, there is a surviving spouse or not, well, we, we usually, you know, I mean, depending on if it's an intestate succession um, probate, um, children could also 
be um, be appointed the personal representative if they are heirs of of the estate. Right. So um, yeah, there are there are there are certain scenarios where it's like very clear clear cut, you know, appointment of a personal representative. But it sounds like um, if at all possible, let's try to avoid these situations and have a an estate plan in place. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So just as a, a quick, you know, um, recap, what are the primary documents and things you want to have in place for a, a properly addressed estate plan? Okay. So the basic estate plan documents are having a will. Uh-huh. Trusts are optional depending on your situation. Um, I'm not the I'm not one to say trusts are mandatory in all situations. Just you know, kind of as an aside, if an attorney says a trust is of help is mandatory for all situations, they're probably just saying that because they want to charge you a higher fee. So, um, you know, it, it's it's not appropriate for all situations, but um, it, it it could be. So possibly a trust, definitely a power of attorney, definitely an advanced health care directive. So what I tell people is the three documents that you that you need, just basic documents, will, power of attorney, advanced health care directive, trust is optional based on your, your situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Sam, um, you're obviously very knowledgeable in, in what you do in your practice. Um, so you're a solo practitioner. Uh, how would you characterize your business for our listeners? Um, In terms of the services yeah, I provide? Services, yeah. etc. Okay, so I do estate planning, so like wills and trusts. Um, I do probate, uh, which we just discussed, uh, conservatorships, guardianships, and then trust administration. So I advise trustees. So if um, there is a successor trustee in place um, and they need guidance on how to administer a trust, then I would step in and kind of be their attorney. You know? I see. Mm-hmm. I because it may not be a clear-cut process. Yes, like yes. Mm-hmm. And there's some liability involved. Yeah, yeah. Or, guided, right? yeah, and I guess on the flip side, too, you know, if you're a beneficiary and you need, you know, your interest look, looked after, then you may want to hire an attorney as well. Right, so, right. Yeah. Uh, well, for our listeners who want to reach you, Sam, what's the best way they can connect with you? Um, they can call me. Um, my number is 282-4411. Um, or they can email me um, at sam at sklslaw.com. Uh, my contact information is on my website. It's sklslaw.com. We've been speaking with Sam Suen. He's the owner and practitioner with the law office of Samuel K.L. Suen. Hey, Sam, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Yep, thank you for having me. Coming up next, we have our Kupuna Wiki Classic Trivia. We'll be back with more Kupuna Wiki right after this. Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors assists clients in buying and selling their homes by striving to create an easy and seamless transition. With multiple awards spanning most transactions of the year, client service award, and being in the top 100 realtors, Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors wants to provide you with excellent service and care when making a major life decision. Over the years, their agents have greatly enjoyed serving each and every one of their clients as if they were family. Whether you're a first-time homeowner or a senior, they understand the challenges and complexities of the real estate process and want to help you every step of the way. Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors wants to provide you with the most information so you can make the best decision. 
because as they like to say, real estate is about choice. Contact Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors today for a free in-person property valuation by calling 753-9033 or email them clientservice at choicehi.com. Welcome back to Kupuna Wiki on AM 690, The Answer. Thank you to all the participants who called it to last week's Kupuna Wiki trivia. And last week's question was, what is the world's largest dormant volcano and where is it located? The answer is Haleakala Crater on the island of Maui. And now this week's Kupuna Wiki trivia question is sponsored by Sam Suen. Hawaii Island has how many of the world's 14 climate zones? For a chance to win a Lawn's gift card, be the first person to call us with the correct answer at 808-792-5188. And we hope everyone is staying safe during this time. And remember, if you want to hear past episodes of the Kupuna Wiki radio show and meet all of our great service providers, please go to kupunawiki.com or call us at 808-792-5188. Again, we'd like to thank this segment sponsor, Cheney Brooks Choice Advisors, providing you with the best real estate information so you can make the most informed decisions. As they like to say, real estate is about choice. To contact them, call 808-753-9033. Well, thanks for joining us today on the Kupuna Wiki Radio Show, Hawaii's senior resource. We strive to make sure our seniors are informed and supported every step of the way. Again, I'm Brandon. And I'm Andrew. And we'll see you back next time on the Kupuna Wiki Radio Show. You've been listening to the Kupuna Wiki radio program. If you'd like more information about today's topics, please call us at 792-5188. That's 792-5188. Or visit us online at kupunawiki.com. Until next time, aloha. The preceding program was sponsored by Kupuna Wiki, Hawaii's senior resource.